0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, a harsh weekend reality check for BYU Athletics.
1: Cougar fans want the truth. Can you handle the truth? Probably not. What the heck happened with UMass? What changes need to happen with BYU football? ESPN's Trevor Maddich will discuss.
0: BYU basketball had a reality check of their own. But on the bright side, the Cougars did win a national championship. Let's go.
1: This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by... The BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton
2: and
0: Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. As good as last Monday was, this Monday is equally as bad. November 20th, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I'm
1: Spencer Linton, teamed up with bad timeout coordinator Jerem Jordan. Oh, I see what you did there. Let's call a timeout on this program when we should just keep going. It feels weird to mock someone or something with more wins, but that's what we do. Don't play for overtime. When you're a rival, you make fun of your rival. It's what you do.
0: Yes. When your season is going down the tube, you find solace in the, other things.
1: Be the crazy ex who likes posts <laughs> when you're suffering. <laughs> that's where we're at with this season. This is where we are mentally. Yeah. It's, we have arrived, people. Oh, we've been there for a few weeks. Oh, <sighs> By a few weeks, I mean months. And this is a new low, though. It is. It's a new low. Can't wait for this one. Bring on the headlines.
0: <laughs> it's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football drops to 3-9 and nine on the season following a 16-10 home loss to the Minutemen of UMass. That, sorry, that sentence didn't compute with my brain. What did you just say? On Senior Day, no less. Head coach Kalani Satake had the distinct pleasure of discussing his emotions immediately after Saturday's game.
2: I mean, it's the lowest point I've been. I mean, I you know for all of us, and so we got to rally back and, and uh, find a way to, to perform this last week. You know, and um, just can't get down on yourself right now. We've got one more one more game to, to play and and one more game to honor the season, the seniors. You know, and this is a, definitely a diff- disappointing season.
1: Uh yep. Absolutely stinketh. Understatement. Yeah, for sure. What more can be said at this point? What is the reality check
0: after the weekend for BYU football? We're about to go postal on BYU Sports Nation.
1: Men's basketball's quest for perfection is over as the Cougars lost 89-75 to UT Arlington Saturday in the Marriott Center. Dalton Nixon led the team with 15 points and 8 rebounds off the bench. Hey Dave Rose, was your team ready for this game?
0: There's a lot of really good things that we did in this game. Okay? There's we just weren't ready at this point to play this game without making shots. Okay, and, and and we will be. We'll 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 get better at it.
1: Young BYU group back in action tomorrow night against Niagara. Same UT Arlington team that uh, took it to BYU in the NIT takes it to BYU Saturday. Now the score closer than uh, indicated. BYU was down by 25. Never a good thing to be down by 25. But uh, I still like this men's basketball team, but that, uh, on the heels of the UMass loss? It felt awful. Made for a stinky Saturday. It smelled terrible. We will discuss the reality of BYU
0: basketball following that home loss to UT Arlington. I know, again, on the surface, if you're just a fence-sitter college basketball fan, you look at that and be like, how did BYU lose to that team?
1: Arlington's good. Tournament quality. They're good, yeah. Couple of uh They're better than BYU. professional
0: basketball players right on that <laughs> roster, for sure. BYU men's cross country placed third in the nationals at Louisville, Kentucky, led by freshman Casey Klinger. Highest finish for BYU men's cross country in twenty-five years. So
1: that's nice, but Rory Linkletter did tell us it's national championship or bust. So when I saw third, I was bumped. I am happy that it's their highest finish in uh in twenty five years.
0: The defending national champions, Northern Arizona, retained their title.
1: That's not the issue. It's that Portland beat out BYU. And BYU, for BYU lost
0: to West Coast Conference Foe Portland.
1: But whom, this team was good. This team was whom they really
0: destroyed good. in yeah. the West Coast Conference Championships.
1: Well, Portland saved their best for last.
0: Yeah, apparently. Yeah. BYU women's cross country finished eleventh overall. Solid finish for Dilji Taylor and her squad. Courtney Wayment the leading, was leading for the second race in a row among the Cougars.
1: And men's soccer won the club national championship Saturday. Congrats to uh, the men's soccer team. They won six games in three days. Yep. What? That should be illegal. Well, They, they ended uh, the championship game 4-1 win against Cal Poly Saturday. So BYU jumps into the club scene again after the PDL season in the early fall. They tie Utah State. And then they just beat everybody And else. they don't lose. They go like 18-0 and 0 the next 18 games, which is awesome. So congrats to those guys.
0: Brandon Gilliam will join us in Studio B to discuss winning on this Reality Check Monday. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU the Sports Nation. I want the truth. Can you handle the truth? No. Reality check for BYU Athletics starts with this. BYU football just lost to UMass at home. BYU football scored 10 points on Senior Day on Saturday. BYU lost their first November home game since 2005. Oh, yeah, that. And the Cougars on the verge of doing something they've never done. Which brings
1: us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The last time BYU lost nine games in a season was 1955. Huh? Let
0: that soak in.
1: Oh, it's been soaking for 36 hours.
0: You know what happened in 1955, Jerem? I do. You know that restaurant McDonald's? Heard of it. The first one was opened in Duplaine, Illinois. Also, there was this dude named Walt Disney that thought we should open up a theme park in 1955. Not very
1: successfully, though, I might add. Wait, what? Oh, it's Disneyland?
0: Winston Churchill was the British Prime Minister. Yes. Back, 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 back. Chris Berman was born. He's old. <laughs> and this is by far the biggest shocker. The Cleveland Browns won the NFL championship. The Cleveland Browns were on top of the professional football world the last time BYU lost nine games in a season. Wow. hmm My thoughts exactly. And guess what? If BYU doesn't beat Hawaii on Saturday, they will lose 10 games for the first time ever. BYU has. They've n- never, never lost, lost ten games in the season.
1: Wow! Well, there's that. It could be a record-setting season. Exciting. Oh, I'm so bothered. Right Which now. brings us to our Twitter question, Jerem. Biggest reality check in BYU sports this weekend. Use hashtag #BYUSN at the Brenter14. Ah, oh, did he use all 280 characters? Hold on. <clears throat> Maybe. Chris Lowe looks like what he is, a walk-on true freshman quarterback, also reminded of how bipolar BYU fans are. For men's <laughs> BYU basketball, Princeton game didn't mean NCAA tourney bid, and UTA game didn't mean no bid. Is it possible to get a prescription for lithium for an entire fan base? <laughs> I don't know the, question, the answer to that. Okay, I have some thoughts here. Let's get real for a sec. We've been trying to be real on this program, you know. It's BYU TV. We try and well, clearly it's our fault, Jeremy, for what's happening on the BYU football team. The UMass game is the new low of the season, okay? As Kalani Sitaki said, okay, pathetic performance, pathetic season, right? As we've chronicled, BYU's got to be better. They're striving to be better. It doesn't matter what happens against Hawaii, honestly. This Saturday, it's all about next year. There's not a difference between four and nine and three and ten, not really. Although, as you pointed out, you could set a record. BY needs to get its quote stuff together in the offseason because we're what we're with witnessing this season is one of the worst seasons always had in a long time. Okay, my number one fear is losing. My number two fear is not being competitive. And then my third fear is that recruits will see this and not want to come. This is the, the coaching staff, one of their strengths, they've decided is going to be recruiting. They're going to be great recruiters. They're starting to bring in good talent. But my issue here is there may be some fence sitters who see a 3-9 and BYU and may not want to come where they might have come had BYU been 500 or better. That's, that's a big fear. Yet, there are going to be those that want to come here because they want to come here. Okay? They're going to be here. I'm not worried about those guys. I'm worried about the fence sitters. It's this team or this team or BYU. And then they see this season and they don't want to come. That's a fear of mine. I don't want BYU to lose out on recruits that could win BYU games in the future because of what happened this year. BYU at
0: 3-9 and nine going to Hawaii, and you said that it doesn't matter what they
1: do no. on Saturday. The season's been in the garbage for a few games now. Like, the damage has been done. I've been saying that. If BYU beats Hawaii,
0: does anyone feel better about this season?
1: No. The season was awful. Like, you need to make changes. Listen, the UMass loss— made easier what's going to go down starting maybe next week which is change there's going to be change with BYU football there has to be
0: what was your biggest reality check in BYU sports this weekend my biggest reality check was that the UNLV game was a flash in the pan i didn't want it to be i, I thought didn't, i didn't yeah. want it to be jerem yeah and i thought just maybe, just maybe they can build some form of momentum coming off of their most, uh, I guess, satisfying win of the season.
1: Like a normal game where BYU beats the UNLV? Where they've BYU never lost to the
0: Rebels? Never lost to the Rebels in Vegas. Okay, so my fear was that this was a flash in the pan. I thought, nah, it's senior day. They're coming home. They'll find a way to do enough sure. to win two games in a row. BYU's going to finish this season without winning consecutive games. That is crazy. They didn't have a win streak no. this year.
1: They didn't did have not. a single win they streak? They did not
0: win consecutive games this season.
1: I mean, there's lots of things you can, you can say about just how crappy this season was for BYU. But there needs to be change, and BYU has to go to a bowl game next year. That's what, that's what needs to happen. The standard has been lowered for BYU football going into next year because of what happened this year.
0: I didn't want it to be a flash in the pan. We were all hopeful that Joe Critchlow could rally BYU to their first win streak of the season. Rip at P. jofo by the way. <laughs> After a four interception uh, day, uh, goodbye. <laughs> it was fun for a week, though, wasn't it? It was fun. It was fun for a week. See ya. Oh, and now the quarterback competition is the storyline going into the offseason. It is wide open, baby. It is wide open. There are going to be at least six guys vying for the starting role. At least six. Well. What was your biggest reality check in BYU sports this weekend? Let's go to the Twitter machine. We tweet. At PMBNJ b y u football needs to change during the off season <laughs> change
1: yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. change in the form of all the nickels at the nickelcade <laughs> at melman mark The reality is the blue goggles uh, may be slightly tarnished no, these
0: are the tarnished ones, jerem. Those, Those are the tarnished blue bedazzled goggles, ones, The bedazzled ones. The These
1: aren't even blue. They're like, they're they're like, like teal.
0: Dolphin green. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but a little polishing cloth can restore the luster of the Azure Eye accessory. Cougars go bowling in Hawaii. Let's go. You know what? BYU needs the touch of the master's hand on the violin, a.k.a. the offense in this yes. team. Yes. That's what they need, okay? Yes. That's what they need.
0: I love that video that was produced, I think, in like
1: 1985. <laughs> That was a good year for BYU football and that video.
0: <laughs> the tarnished blue goggles. These are the tarnished blue goggles, Jared. They're bedazzled,
1: though. I don't want to. Those are weird, man. I'm not not Bryce
0: Harper. Isn't it? Isn't it weird, though? It, 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 is this season I don't wear weird? bedazzled
1: goggles. You just did. No. <laughs> you just did. I'm not wearing those ever again. That was a mistake. My bad. Coming up. Oh. Saturday stunk for a lot of teams, but not the men's soccer team. We'll talk to the national champs.
0: ESPN's Trevor Mattis joins us. Are the BYU football issues more about scheme or personnel? I want the truth! BYU Sports Nation is presented
3: by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
0: Fire it up on a Monday. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation Oh, it's going right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN.
1: Due to the basketball game tomorrow night, BYU football with Kalani Stake will be live on BYU Radio tonight at 8 Eastern time. And then it will be on BYU TV tomorrow. So if you're local, you want to come hang out. 6 p.m. Uh, Mountain Time is when the show starts on BYU Radio tomorrow on BYU TV. What was
0: your biggest reality check Within BYU Sports this weekend, that is our Twitter question today, at FreezeCat435 tweets in, My reality is that BYU's football offense has no true direction. Low points and losses to UMass and East Carolina, unacceptable. Hashtag BYUSN.
1: Amen to that. We just talked about it, but this is epic in its negative nature with the tradition of BYU football. This has been a pathetic season. Uh, If you look at the tradition of BYU football, it's been been rough. So next year, it's really got to change. I'm not even worried about Saturday. I'm worried about next year at this point. Joining us now on
0: the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline to give us more of a reality check is ESPN College Football insider, expert and analyst Trevor Maddich, a national champion at the collegiate football level. Trevor, we didn't think that BYU could reach a new low point this season, but those were the words of Kalani Satake, what did you think of BYU's 16-10 to loss to UMass on Saturday?
2: Well, it was a new low point, certainly on offense. The defense actually did a really good job considering. They had a couple of low, low moments, but overall they hung in there and did enough to win, but the offense was just astonishing. I mean, astonishingly bad. Four turn- turnovers, seven sacks, and it seemed just about impossible to make a, a positive gain. It was just really difficult to watch.
1: Well, Joe Critchlow's no Nathan Peterman. We know that. He only had four interceptions instead of five. But uh, we we thought that Joe Critchlow had kind of emerged as potentially a guy. Ends up that that was one game. What did you think of the performance from the freshman?
2: Well, I think the game against UNLV, he did did pretty well. In this game, the problem is that when defenses have a, a tape on you, they can see what bothers you. And when you come into the season as a guy that just stepped off the plane from a mission, who was really not expected to play at all, and all of a sudden now you're the starter, there are going to be things that bother you. And what UMass saw and what they did was just attack the line of scrimmage with reckless abandon. I mean ridiculous, reckless abandon. That gummed up the run, but more than that, it collapsed the pocket and created pressure on Critchlow. Now, when you do that on defense, you're taking a huge risk. Because when you blitz that heavily that often, if the quarterback recognizes where the blitz is coming from and understands the protection so he knows whether or not it's picked up, and if it's not, where the pressure will be coming from, then he can attack downfield in the depleted secondary and torch you, just torch you. And there are quarterbacks that are so good at that in this league, you want to blitz them because you don't want to give them time to throw or you know, in college football. But if you if you do blitz them, you know it'll be worse because they've got receivers that can beat man coverage and a quarterback that'll put the ball where it needs to go before any unblocked blitzers can get to him. The problem with Critchlow, and it's not his fault. He just stepped off a mission. He just hasn't had the reps or the time to learn it. But the problem was he didn't know where to go with the ball. And truthfully, you could say that, that well, they needed to block better. Well, maybe but still, when you blitz like that, guys can be completely unblocked. And the quarterback should know where to go with the ball right now. Get it out hot. And Critchell just didn't know. And that made everything snowball.
0: Trevor Madich of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation. It's interesting. Every fan, every critic has a voice. And on Saturday, I kept reading on social media or hearing, BYU needs to run the ball more. Do you think BYU should run the ball more? Why or why not?
2: Not necessarily. People give, give you know, they second-guess play callers with this. Oh, you run the ball 30 times a game and you win. So, well, what does that mean? You hand the ball off the first 30 plays and you're guaranteed to win no matter what <laughs> happens? The problem is that if the run game isn't working, then it puts you behind the chains to keep on pounding it. Now, you need to invest in it. You need to commit to it because typically the run game will work better later in the game than early in the game. But there comes a point when a play caller gets tired of calling plays for second and nine or when you throw a short pass on first down it's second and six and then you get dropped for a two-yard loss and on a run and now it's third and eight. You get pretty tired of that after a while. It's hard to commit to it. Plus, when you consider that, that BYU, with no disrespect to Squally Canada or K.J. Hall, BYU, from a standpoint of health and then personnel style, just hasn't been dynamic at the running back position. If they don't have big holes, they're not getting much done. And A lot of that is Hall being injured for a lot of the year. I think he would have had a much bigger role had it not been for that. Canada's been injured. Uh Tolutau has been injured. So running the ball is, is a nice concept, but when the defense doesn't fear the pass over the top, then they'll bring safeties up. They'll gum up the line with extra players. They'll run all kinds of run stunts and run blitzes, and then they'll run pass stunts and pass blitzes and play the run on the way to the quarterback because they don't worry about you taking advantage of weakness in the secondary to invest in stopping the run. So BYU, it's a perfect storm that doesn't start with the inability to run well. It really starts with the inability to throw the ball against a secondary that's in man coverage.
1: What's the bigger issue on offense right now, scheme or personnel?
2: Oh, it's not scheme. Uh, I, I look at the scheme, and I see this should be working. It's, it's personnel and it's injuries. Now, when I say personnel, I don't necessarily mean they're, they're not good enough. Having as many guys injured on offense as BYU has had really depletes their ability because they don't have, like Alabama, I mean, they're not stacked deep with parade All-Americans at all their skill positions, right, and on the offensive line. So when they lose a guy, then they lose another guy, then they lose another guy like they've done at quarterback and running back. It really matters for this team. The second thing is that this offense requires that you actually process information, not just the quarterback but everybody else. A typical college offense, you make one read and go. You look at the outside linebacker, for example. If he goes left, you go right. And if he goes right, you go left. Piece of cake. Off you go. Well, that, that's easy to learn, easy to execute, but it's limited in its upside potential. This offense is as, as, has got a high and upside potential as any scheme you could put in in college football. But it takes time to learn it. And this is their first year of actually doing it this way. That's a problem. And then when you, you, you don't have a quarterback that is healthy enough to get in there and stay in there to kind of build a little bit of momentum from a standpoint of processing information, you keep putting new guys in at quarterback, that hurts. And then at receiver, guys, we've talked about this in the past. The receivers, bless their hearts, there have been some guys that have done really well. You know, especially freshman tight end Matt Bushman. and but, but overall, as a group, they just don't fight for the ball as consistently as I want them to fight for the ball. And the truth of it is, next year, and they're well coached, by the way, you know, they're, they're well coached at that position. They're just not getting it done. I think they need to recruit for receiver for two things. Number one, for speed, and number two, Uh, well, three things, speed, size, uh, as best they can. They're more likely to get size than they are speed. And then toughness. And I think next year for spring ball, instead of putting the receivers out there to run routes to see who can be the new receiver, I think they should take three guys at a time, give them baseball bats, lock them in a closet. A little while later, one of them will come out, send him to the locker room to get suited up. Then put three more receivers in a closet with baseball bats. One will come out. Send that guy out to the practice field to play a little football. They need that kind of, of fighter's mentality at that position because that also makes it very difficult for the quarterback to get anything else going when he's struggling. So it, it's a combination of a lot of things, and nobody on that offense is picking it up for anybody else who happens to be struggling at the moment.
1: If Mike Leach is uninvolved, we probably don't want to lock anyone in a closet, Right.
2: Uh, well, yeah, that's alleged. That's uh, that, that was alleged, and uh, you can go go to the back of his book and look at the depositions, and you'll find that maybe what's known out there about that is not quite what actually happened.
0: <laughs> ESPN's Trevor Maddox with us.
2: My question way, now is. I, by the way, by the way, I was being figurative with that. Yes. Somebody will say, we shouldn't be beating people over the head in a locked closet with baseball bats. <laughs> no. I, I, it's figurative. You need tough guys that are fighters at receivers. But Amen. we do want to
1: say for the second week in a row, audio discretion advised.
2: <laughs> yeah, there, oh, I like it. Nicely done.
1: Trevor,
0: my question now is whoever the wide receivers are next year, who is the quarterback that will be throwing them the ball? Because this is setting up to be. The compelling storyline in the offseason for BYU, and that is who's the quarterback? Tanner Mangum's trying to come back from a significant Achilles injury. Bo Hodge was ruled out for the season. Here comes Joe Critchlow. Where does Cody Willstead fit into this? And then not to mention guys at BYU will get back from mission or maybe bring in from the J C ranks. Who's the quarterback going into spring ball in next season?
2: I'd love to I'd love to tell you that I think there's a front runner. But I don't think there is, and I don't think there should be. I think that it should be wide open. I think every position, every position should be wide open to competition. And from the lowest walk-on to the most highly regarded recruit, I think that they should fight for every position because they need that fighter's mentality. By the way, that's another problem when you have so many injuries that you lose the ability to have competition in practice. You look at take Alabama. Let's just use them as our example. This is the perfect perfect program. If you don't do your best in practice, there's another four or five star right behind you that's just an inch away from taking your job, and that competition makes everybody better on the practice field, which makes it work on the on the game on game day. For BYU, it's not that they don't try hard in practice. It's that in a lot of positions, they don't have that extra impetus of a qualified backup pushing the starter. And when you have injuries, it makes it all the worse, and you don't get that dynamic. So I want to see that dynamic. But to do that, they need to make sure they're healthy and they keep adding talent. From a standpoint of quarterback, uh, I don't think there's a front runner. But if, if I am a guy in competition for that position, what I do is two things before spring practice starts. The first thing is I spend as much time in the film room with Ty Detmer uh, with, with offensive coaches studying defense, learn defense, because this offense requires that the quarterback not know just where his receivers are going, but what defenses are doing, because that will dictate which guy he throws to. The second thing uh, and study your own defense, by the way, because you'll be facing your own defense in spring ball. The second thing is I'd go out there with receivers and I'd throw routes. And what you have is – take Peyton Manning, I think, is a great example of this. When he was playing for the Colts especially, he would go out in the off season with his receivers and they'd spend a couple hours running one route over and over again, dozens of times, one route. So they could get the body language down, the, the positioning. If it's 12 yard out – Don't run 11 yards and don't run 13 yards. And if you're supposed to make that break and come back two yards toward the line of scrimmage when you make the break, then come back two yards towards the line of scrimmage. Don't drift in either direction. I would run thousands of pass routes before spring ball if I'm one of those quarterbacks trying to buy for that job. And by the way, the receivers, same way. So, you know, they have an opportunity now to kind of get their legs underneath them, get their mind underneath them after this miserable season. Take take a few weeks off and kind of clear your head. But I tell you, the time period before spring ball may be the most critical time period for BYU's quarterbacks and receivers of any time period this off season.
0: Trevor Mattis of ESPN bringing it on a reality check Monday. We appreciate the the straight shooting answers, Trevor.
2: All right, thanks, guys.
0: Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. It's
1: back-to-back weeks with the uh, closet bats receiver's reverence. <laughs>
0: That's never a good sign.
1: <laughs> Look out. Also, I have greatly erred, Jerem.
0: I'll
1: tell you what I said that was wrong coming up. You've never said anything wrong on this oh, show. Man. What? Coming up. What did to say wrong? Plus, <laughs> what happened in the Marriott Center Saturday?
0: Hey, uh, how about a positive reality check? BYU men's soccer wins a national championship. Yeah. They celebrate with us next yeah. in Studio be Brandon Gilliams here. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill.
3: Escape the Ordinary.
0: Welcome back, sports friends. It's a Monday. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, from the studio Bizzle.
1: Someone asked for that on Twitter.
0: And now they have but it. They needed it. They need to laugh after the rough weekend.
1: Me too. <laughs> I hated <needed> it.
0: <laughs> well, shizzle, dizzle, we're in the studio bizzle. When BYU TV <laughs> was
1: created, it was created with that phrase in mind. Hey, tomorrow night, <laughs> 9 Eastern time, BYU versus Niagara at uh, 9 Eastern, BYU TV and BYU Radio's Cougars uh, try to bounce back from the UTA loss.
0: How about your headlines? As much as you might not want to hear them, we are going to give them to you anyway. BYU football drops to 3-9 and on the season following a 16-10 to home loss to UMass on Senior Day. I have greatly erred, Jerem. In 1949, what? the Cougars went
1: 0-11. Did I check it during the break? Maybe. Uh, so they have yeah. lost 10 games before, but... So this can't be a record-setting season. Congratulations <laughs> to everybody on that. Yeah. Uh, mens yeah! Yay. No, stop that now. always 3-9. Men's basketball's quest for perfection is over. Cougars lost 89-75 to UT Arlington. Dalton Nixon led the team with 15 points and 8 rebounds off the bench.
0: Men's cross country finished third at Nationals held in Louisville, Kentucky, led by freshman Casey Klinger. Freshman. Women's cross country placed 11th with Courtney Wayment. Leading the team for a second race in a row. Congratulations to both squads.
1: Absolutely. And men's soccer won the club national championship Saturday by winning six games in three days, which is insane. Uh, they beat Cal Poly four-one for the title Saturday night.
0: The head coach of BYU men's soccer, appropriately here to discuss that run to a yeah. national championship. Brandon Gillian, Brandon, congratulations, Thanks, man, yes, man. that's awesome. Thank he brought you. the bracket. It is here, showing BYU's run to a national championship. Hey, anytime you see BYU on that final line in a bracket, it's a good day.
3: It is a good day, and it felt nice.
0: Explain your weekend in one
3: word. Seriously. Long. <laughs> Six games
1: in three days is crazy. It is.
3: It is. Obviously, in a the, in the club level, you deal with uh, financial issues, and so you pack a lot of games in one weekend.
1: So, so walk us through
3: who you beat and when. You don't have the brackets, so you're going to have to remember off the top so of your to head. go off the top of my head. So we started out in pool play on Thursday. Um, we started out with Michigan State in the morning, and then in the evening, um, we went on to play University of Pennsylvania. Um, took top seed out of our bracket, moved on. Um, and it was funny because we were waiting to see what would happen for the next morning. You had to wait for the other bracket. And UNC, and I think it was Ohio, were tied across the board. And so they were going to have to go into a shootout. Um, in the morning to decide who played us. Um, but Ohio scored a goal in the last minute to take that extra edge, and so we went against UNC, uh, which is a good team that, that morning, um, really pushed for it, uh, pulled that one off, looked at North Carolina State afterwards, Wisconsin, and then finally uh, Cal Poly. When did you know
1: you were going to win the title? Like, did you know before the championship game? Like, oh, I, I feel like this team's going to
3: do it. The hardest part is that you have no real clue of who you're playing, right? You see No scouting report. Yeah, there's no scouting report. There's nothing that tells you. You can't go check out their videos from the season or anything. And so um, every game was we knew we had a high-level quality, but you still had to go out and win it. And every time you play, that's another game under you, and you get to game four, you get to game five, game six, and you just have to make sure you're as fresh as you can to be your best.
0: What does a national championship mean for the state of the program right now?
3: I think it it's a big thing for us, um obviously with our adjustment, it kind of showcased where we were and the quality that we were um, stepping back here um, and showcasing that quality was very important um, you know we We definitely were probably one of the best teams go into it, but like i said it's we've had an eleven month season basically going from p d o back into this and then playing six games in one weekend it's it's a lot task of any player at any level and uh and so winning it shows. Not only, you know, the work that they put in and their dedication to it, uh, but also their quality for sure. Was there
1: anyone from, you know, 15 years ago that was like, I remember you guys. You used to win this all the time. Because <laughs> that, that was why you went to the Premier Development League in the first place. You were dominating this.
3: Yeah, actually, the director of uh, a nurse, I talked with her a little bit, um, and uh, she was like, oh, yeah, I remember. Because I told her I was there in 02 Uh, playing. And she's like, I remember that game quite well, actually. So yeah, so it was fun to kind of catch up. And then you could just hear a lot of chatter around the fields. Anytime somebody walked past us, they're like, oh yeah, they were playing in semi-pro this summer. And and so there's a lot of talking. So that put more pressure, right? Um, I know when we played UNC, that was a big thing that I heard all the time from their players. And they really wanted to knock us off because it showcased for them Um, making it a bigger win than just moving on was beating a team that was playing PDL.
0: Head coach of BYU men's soccer, Brandon Gilliam, with us fresh off a NURSA National Championship. Who was the best team that you beat over the uh, six games?
3: Um, UNC was a tough team. They were very big and physical and fast. And so um, going into your third game with a team that really tried to put you under pressure, that was a a tougher one to pull off. Um, But then Cal Poly was a quality team in the final for sure. They were the best overall team Um, You know, over this last course of this year, we've played. Now I've coached against professional teams. I've coached semi-pro teams. I've coached D1 teams. We've played almost any level throughout this year through preseason, PDL, and now here. Um, And Cal Poly could beat a number of D2 and D1 programs. They were a good team, and so it was a fun game to finish the the tournament off with.
1: How would you summarize this year in soccer? Because you mentioned it. You played, uh, you know, preseason. You you played PDL during the summer. Then you go to, where was it in August? Taiwan. Taiwan, and coach the U.S. team at the World University Games, and then this club situation. This, this is wild.
3: So let's just say that, that word comes back up long, right? <laughs> all the players are very excited for a two-month break. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Two-month so. break. They're like a school teacher now. That's right. yeah. <laughs> Taking yeah. the winter holidays off. Yeah.
0: Everybody is always wanting to know, okay, if BYU is the best club team, where would they rank against teams competing for a sanctioned NCAA championship. How do you feel like your team right now would stack up against the best of the best in sanctioned NCAA soccer?
3: Um, we always kind of try to test that in the springtime. Uh, this past spring we went and played Denver, who last year went to the Final Four. Um, uh, that game ended 1-0 for them, uh, and we outshot them. And so I have no doubt that we would perform very well um, in any league that we're put in. Um, we have the talent, and we have – the commitment to the program and that can allow us to do anything.
1: Is there a middle ground here?
3: Because the PDL was really hard. There were some years that yeah. you played on.
1: I was involved with, you know, uh covering that team. Oh six and seven where you guys were in the in the quarterfinals in the Elite Eight of that. Yeah. Yet it's been a struggle for the most part. It's really good league. And then there's the club and you just played six games in, in three days and you won the championship by
3: three goals. So is there any kind of middle ground here for you guys? Right now there's not. That's yeah. the unfortunate part, right? So PDL was fantastic, and it was very competitive, but it wasn't a college environment. Um, and then for us to play other colleges, this is really the only place we can be. And so unless uh, U.S. soccer or somebody comes out and makes some adjustments, it's where we're at, and uh, we'll enjoy it. And national championships always fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you uh, have a nice placard yeah, let's, that you have let's brought into
3: flex. Studio B. So I,
1: I want to point this out. You mentioned this. Uh, at halftime, they made this. So what was the score Sometime. at halftime? So
3: we were up 2-0 at halftime. So, so they were so like, between... oh,
1: 2-0. Let's put the picture in now.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was It was a fun game. I, I'm pretty sure that's the best best I've seen us play and the guys were just firing on all cylinders um and the goals that were scored were unreal they were just fantastic goals and uh Tanner Whitworth coming up with two amazing goals in the finals and um and so everybody played to their best potential um and unfortunately Cal Poly just couldn't keep up with it
1: who who's better uh Tanner Whitworth or his older brother Casey um no no comment
0: (laughs) Put you on the spot, and make you uh, answer a hard well, question. so, so His brother was a captain. An easy, here
3: yeah, right. it's an easy answer now because Tanner's playing forward and Casey was playing defense, so yeah. they're totally different players. Exactly. Right? You don't have to answer. Yeah. Them. Exactly. Apples and oranges. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly.
0: Brandon, congratulations again. Thanks for coming in Thank after you. Yeah, congrats, a yeah. long
1: winning Listen, weekend. Listen, BYU needed you guys to win that title because the weekend was rough. But we're like, at least men's soccer and men's cross country and women's cross country.
3: Pride. They did really well. So yeah. that was fun. Thank so you. we brought something for you guys as oh, well. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Wallies, yeah.
0: Right. Let's a put medal. The so we're going
3: to take, take my medal that I got and give it to you guys. Oh, wow. So you wow. guys can, have It that can live one. on here. Yeah. We will place Keep this
1: appropriately. On the set.
3: Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome, Brandon. That's awesome. We appreciate your support for us throughout the tournament. Oh, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Here, I'll show it again. Sorry.
0: Yes, because it's very hard to support the best. (laughs) It's really hard.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This was the easiest year to support you. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Keep it up, Brandon. We look forward to uh, the future of BYU men's soccer. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Uh, Now that that positive reality check is out of the way.
1: No, I have more positive. Oh, you do? Coming up, how did Jamal Williams ah. do his first star for the Packers? Who okay. cares about the team? Just okay. Jamal. Hey. Well, I'm <laughs> supposed to talk
0: about men's basketball and how we're gonna discuss what happened to them on Saturday, Jerem.
1: Listen, the loss against UMass way worse than the loss to UTR. True. That is the truth. Stay with us.
3: Are you preparing?
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hello, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern.
1: Coordinator's Corner, the final one of the season, is coming up uh, today at 2 Eastern time uh, with Greg Rubel on the BYU Radio app and BYU Radio, Ty Detmer and Ed Lamb on the show today. What was your
0: biggest reality check Within BYU Sports this weekend, at Smith in Exile, says that BYU's push to be considered Power 5 took a huge hit. I don't know that the whole Power 5 conversation is affected by one bad season.
1: It's certainly not. It doesn't help. It doesn't help. There's not really a convo for that right now. It went down. Right.
0: And it's a way bigger picture than I, just one season. I see
1: the concern. It's probably not going to have a huge impact on it moving forward. BYU does need to like make a bowl game next year and step out of this. But yeah.
0: Also, the idea that calling the season for what it is bad is not an indictment on personalities or uh, character of individuals on the team or in coaching positions. It's not. It just is what it is. The reality check is it has been an abysmal football season.
1: Yet pers- uh, people do things so the people are at fault. Right. Like, 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 let's not act like uh, no, 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 no. nobody's at fault. That's here. not saying, yeah.
0: well, they're bad people and that's why they're losing football games. That's.
1: I don't even. Yeah, that's so obvious I don't even care to comment on it. Like, what? No. No. It's about their performance on the field. But people want to make or it they... personal. People want to make it personal. Well, it is personal. You're a quarterback. It's personal. You're a running back. It's personal. You're a lineman. It's personal. Yeah, absolutely. Personal like, the, yeah. No, no, no. Leave the Twitter garbage out of this. That's what Cougar board is for and nonsense. What about? Don't bring B- that in here. What about BYU basketball? How much of a reality check did
0: they go through on Saturday night against UT Arlington? And I'm with you, Jerem. Before the break, we said it's not nearly as detrimental or painful as the football loss to UMass. And and here's why. UT Arlington is the odds-on heavy favorite to represent the Sunbelt Conference in the NCAA tournament. They're a a tournament-caliber team. They've got a guy that's going to play in the NBA. They've got a few guys that are going to play professional basketball after their NCAA careers
1: are over. But it uh, was a reality check in where BYU is at. So BYU got a nice win against Princeton. Okay, Ivy League champs, league champ. Now they're playing another league champ, in UT Arlington Saturday. I thought BYU would be more competitive. It's never good to trail by twenty five at home. Okay? Yeah, but
0: how do you how do you expect to go six for twenty seven from the three point line on your home floor?
1: Yeah, that was bad. That was really bad. Uh, BYU can't shoot that way and win. Uh, you know, at Pacific, let alone against UT Arlington. So what what I learned for, about this team is BYU did not play well against his zone. Okay? Did not shoot the ball well. That Sometimes you just don't shoot it well. I learned that UT Arlington is better than we thought, more than I learned about BYU, to be honest. BYU didn't get to the stripe as much. The zone offers a different kind of scheme uh, you know, defensively against BYU. BYU's not going to shoot that poorly that often that much, in my opinion.
0: Six for 27, and I'm watching highlights. It was
1: two for 20 at one point. Of just how many three-pointers
0: BYU missed. And the majority of those were pretty good looks. And Dave yeah. Rose talked about, look, we were not in a position where we were ready to play this game and not shoot the ball well.
1: Right. And, and I wouldn't say Boi shot it particularly well at Princeton. They just played better defense. And the matchups weren't good. Well, Listen, there's no team like UT Arlington. Princeton
0: doesn't have the personnel that UT Arlington has. Right. UT Arlington is a better team than Princeton.
1: Yes. UT Arlington... Would be a good team in the West Coast Conference. Correct, they really would. But uh, enough about they, they went to St. UTA. Mary's
0: last year and beat St. Mary's in Moraga.
1: Yeah, and that was yeah, yeah. Enough about UTA. About BYU. Listen, we're gonna find out more about BYU this weekend, okay? Uh, because BYU is gonna play Niagara tomorrow night. BYU should win that game. Then BYU is playing Alabama Friday. Okay, Alabama is a top twenty-five caliber team.
0: Yes. Well, UT Arlington plays Alabama. On Tuesday. So we'll transitive property the heck out of that. Who do you want to win that game? Don't care. Really? Do not care. You don't care who wins that game. Would no. you rather Alabama be coming off of a win against a good UTA team and have that ranking, sure. I guess, shining that much more when BYU plays them? Or do you want to see the Mavericks beat Alabama?
1: Not a lot of interest, honestly. Really? I hope BYU competitive, can can compete, can be in the game Friday because Alabama's a quality team. Like, Alabama greater than UTA. so that's, do, Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? No, I haven't watched uh, 10 games of film. I'm not sure. Ba- Bama, Bama has a top 10 player in Colin Sexton. Bama has a group that expects to do something. Okay, UTA is kind of sneaking up on people at this point. That could be an interesting game. But this isn't UTA or Alabama Sports Nation. BYU, uh, I think, should beat UMass Saturday. I, that would be a nice win. UMass, not what they kind of were a few years ago when BYU played a home and home, home end road. Excuse me. There. So, this will be an interesting weekend for a young BYU team. No seniors, one freshman. I think we thought BYU might, would compete better Saturday. They did not. But I'd rather that game happen on November 18th than February 18th.
0: Yeah, get them out of the way early, right? Like, if you have let to your have your teams it, go work. through some hard lessons sure. early in the season.
1: This BYU team is – listen – if they can finish third in the league and be bubblicious and get, they're going to, I think BYU needed the Arlington win for March. That would have been nice. It's a home game, right? Like how many more wins are on the schedule in non-con for BYU to do something? You have Alabama, you have UMass, you have Utah. There's not a ton. Listen, it's just not a ton. I was
0: expecting a split last week, and that's what BYU basketball gave me. But the reverse
1: split. Print. We thought I the Princeton know. road game would be harder than UTA at home last year. Yeah, so I does
0: it really matter then if BYU – because a road win is valued more than a home win, according to the
1: committee. The non-conference schedule does not offer a lot of top 50 opportunities. Alabama could be an RPI top 50 win at the end of the year, should BYU – As could Utah. A- and hopefully and Princeton it. is flirting with that well, line, right? That'd be nice. 50 would be pretty good. So there's, a, there's just not a lot of opportunities. There is in league St. Mary's and Gonzaga, but I think you're hoping realistically for one win out of those.
0: Typically, four games. you have to have at least two top fifty wins to be bubbleish. And
1: one of those would have to be I don't know Gonzaga at Gonzaga.
3: <laughs> mm. <laughs>
1: Coming Cooler. up, great day in the uh, Cougars in the NFL for the guys. And Kyle Collinsworth
0: has a nice night in the G League. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, ESPN's Trevor Maddich and the head coach of National Championship winning BYU men's soccer, Brandon Gilliam. If you miss any of the show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play.
1: Coming up this week, Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, Between the Lines, Greg Bell Dennis Pitta, and the coach, Steve Cleveland. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. BYU football dropped three and nine on the season after a 16-10 home loss to UMass on Senior Day. BYU heads to the islands to take on Hawaii this Saturday in the regular season finale, Honolulu
0: Bowl. Men's basketball. Quest for perfection. It comes to an end. Cougars lost 89-75 to UT Arlington. Dalton Nixon. Did have a nice night for BYU off the bench. 15 points and 8 rebounds.
1: Cross country. The men's team finished in third place at the Nationals in Louisville, Kentucky, led by freshman Casey Klinger. Their best finish in 25 years. The women's cross country team took 11th. Courtney Wayman leading the way for the second race in a row. Soccer. Won a national championship at the club level. Yeah. Winning six games in three
0: days. And that... Culminating in a four to one win against a good Cal Poly team on
1: Saturday, we've got the medal to prove it right here in Studio B. Women's basketball: the ladies beat Eastern Washington seventy three sixty nine Saturday. Cass- Cassie Tabajare had twenty five points, four rebounds, and two assists in the win. BYU hosts Utah Valley tomorrow in an early game one Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Volleyball: ninth
0: ranked BYU swept Santa Clara. Ronnie Jones Perry, ho hum. Had 14 kills and five digs in that sweep. Cougars play LMU in the regular season finale in Provo tomorrow at 9 Eastern.
1: Cougars in the NFL. Jamal Williams got the start, had 18 carries for 57 yards, also four catches for 38 yards, and a loss to the Ravens.
0: Michael Davis had three tackles and a really nice pass breakup for the Chargers in a win over the Nathan Peterman quarterback to Bills. Why didn't he have an interception? At least for a half. Everyone else did. And how about Daniel Sorensen? <laughs> had his first interception of the season and six tackles, but the Chiefs somehow lost to the Giants. Sorry, Shep. Swimming and diving.
1: BYU diver Morgan Mello took second place on the platform event at the UT Invitational in Austin, Texas, while Nathan Gonzalez took third on the three-meter event.
0: Cougars overseas. Eric Mika had 13 points and five rebounds in a 91-74 loss in Italy. Jen Hampson, 10.6 rebounds and a Sydney loss to the Perth Lynx last night.
1: Kyle Collinsworth also 15 rebounds, or 15 points 9 rebounds, six assists, and no cornrows for the Texas Legends in a win over the Oklahoma City Blue.
0: Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter.
1: Help when you need the most, Dexterlaw.com. Ben Soccer team won the national championship. Congratulations. Six games in three days, man.
0: Woo! Even through the tainted blue goggles. Tainted the national
1: championship looks
0: fantastic.
1: Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Miami Dolphins.
0: Seriously, that's that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah, uh, These came from 80s night for women's volleyball, by the way. Right. Our elite tweet of the day. <laughs> what was your biggest reality check in BYU sports this weekend? From at Cosmo underscore duh underscore Cougar. That soccer may in fact be the real
1: football. Whimpers internally. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. <laughs> Use the hashtag BYUSN. Show is on demand on BYUSN.com.
0: Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Miles Batty. BYU Sports Nation will get back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. And, hey, watch the coaches show tonight, right, Jerem?
1: Listen to it tonight. Watch it tomorrow.
0: Watch it tomorrow. Listen to it tonight.
1: 8 Eastern. Coordinator's Corner coming up 2 Eastern on BYU Radio. Games go on. The final week of the football Win the
0: Honolulu Bowl. What?